Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. I have always wanted to be a farmer. I have wanted to walk in the footsteps of my O'Neill ancestors. Hazel and Francis, who had a beautiful farm when I grew up, and my great-great-grandfather, Patrick O'Neill, who farmed in Ireland before he immigrated here. And I actually went back and found our family farm a few years ago. I was so enamored with farming that in the 70s, I did the whole back to the land thing. And I rented a farm. And I had all kinds of livestock and a huge, huge vegetable garden. But life after that took me on a completely different journey. And it wasn't until I moved back to Portland and I bought a little house on a quarter of an acre that the dream of having a farm, maybe just an urban farm, came back to me. Now, I've always had a great vegetable garden, but I've never been able to fully commit to my urban farm. I've never really believed that I could make a living or support myself doing something that I loved. It's just not how I was raised. I have one of those really good work ethics, you know, blue collar Irish Catholic thing. You get a job, you work hard, you do whatever they ask you to do, and if you have to sacrifice, as my dad would say, so be it. But I'm not really complaining, it's just how I am. And I've had great jobs, and I've had a good life. Life is good. Now, the only thing that could be better in Lynn's life, oh, is if I had somebody to share it with. I wonder what would it be like to be in a relationship again. I've even jotted down in my gardening journal the attributes that this person might have. Some of those things, um, when I was looking at my journal, they're, they're like, it would be absolutely awesome if he was a deadhead. <laughs> he would have to like dogs, but he most, you know, absolutely overall, he would have to be passionate about gardening. You know, but I'm of an age where you don't meet people so often and love doesn't come so easily. It was exactly three years, almost to this day, that I put it out there to the universe. You know, if there's somebody out there with those kind of characteristics, I'd be interested in meeting them. Just to hedge my bets, I posted a profile on an online dating site. <laughs> I described myself, my job, of course, um, what I like to do, my trip to Ireland, and my dream of having a farm. And about a week later, I get this response. And all the email said was, did you really find the family farm? And I was like, well, of course I did. So I responded back with some of the details from that trip. 
And I got this response back that ex described this dream of having a farm that he had that was based on this ancient Celtic diagram and description that he'd seen. And it included an intentional community and livestock and orchards. Well, we emailed back and forth and we established three important things. We were both huge Jerry Garcia fans. We both had dogs and we were both passionate about gardening, which is um, really, really important. But I also learned that his name, he posted under the name Lou. That was stood for Llewellyn, which was his middle name. He had been a lawyer and had decided to leave his practice. He moved to Portland kind of in transition. And he was here in Portland looking for the people and the property to start his farm. I decided I'd invite him over for tea. Well, when he came to the door, I swear, this guy had to bend down to get into my living room. He was so tall. I mean, a giant of a man. Long red hair pulled back into a ponytail, great mustache, brilliant blue eyes. And he's standing in my living room and he's looking down at me, grinning. And he goes, you must be Lynn. And I'm like looking up at him going, and you have to be Llewellyn. So for the next three or four hours, we talked and talked about our kids, our lives, all the different Grateful Dead shows we'd been to. I took him out into my garden and talked about the plans that I had for spring. And he came in and at the kitchen table on a napkin, he's drawing out the farm that he's going to have. And when he got ready to leave, he turns around and he bends down and scoops me up into his arms and kisses my cheek. And I'm literally standing on my tiptoes, you know, hugging him back. And then he was gone. And I was like, so it was like being a teenager again. You know, you just get like totally giddy. And it's like, can somebody like that really just drop into your life like that? For the next few weeks, we became inseparable. We would make dinners together. We took long walks with our dogs. We talked for hours. Soon he was spending nights at my house, toothbrush in the bathroom. I'd cleaned out a drawer in the dresser for some of his clothes. As winter became spring, we started working in my garden. We went out there, we turned over the beds, we put compost in, we added the seeds and the starts. Llewellyn made these beautiful trellises from bamboo in my yard for the tomatoes and the cucumbers that we're gonna follow. It was so nice to have someone to garden with. But it wasn't totally perfect in this little urban Eden that we had created. 
let's just say that Lynn's job was really taking a toll on this budding relationship. I had taken on lots of extra responsibility and I was working out, you know, 50 hours a week at this job. And pretty soon I was missing dinners with my lover. And then I started working weekends. And I would apologize, you know, I'm so sorry that I'm preoccupied with work and soon it's going to be okay. I'm not going to be working like this, really. And he'd smile and nod. Work just became more chaotic. And I was spending less and less time working in the garden that was growing and less time with Llewellyn not at all what I had planned. And I actually started to get a little bit bitter about that. You know, he was helping the plants grow. He was watering things. I was spending all of the day at a computer, completely stressed out, arguing with people. And I would come home, and he would have been out there in the garden, and I would find him He'd pull the chase lounge in between the rows of pole beans, and then he'd just chill and read a book. And then I would come. I was so envious. That's what I wanted to do. That should be me. But I had a job to do, and I was responsible. The summer solstice came and went, and the week that followed was one of those weeks where the temperature never drops below 95. You know those weeks we get here in the summer? And I came home from work one night, and all we wanted to do was get out in the garden as the day cooled off. And we went outside, and Llewellyn was working on three garden boxes for my ever-expanding herb collection, and I was trellising up the tomato plants. And every so often, we'd look up at each other and smile. It was just so peaceful and quiet in the garden. Then I noticed that he was putting away his tools, and he walked over and he said, you know, I'm just not feeling very good. I'm going to go lay down and rest for a bit. And I stood up and I said, you know, that's okay. Maybe it's just the heat. I'll finish up here and then I'll come in and make dinner. Well, he leans over and kisses me and I remember the intent look that he gave me. And he walks into the house. I stayed out working until dark walked into the kitchen, turned on my computer, thought I better check my work emails. Llewellyn, and the house was quiet. And I just figured that he'd fallen asleep. So I worked for a while and shut the Mac off. And I went back into the bedroom to see if he needed anything, maybe a bite to eat. And the reading light was on and Llewellyn was laying there on the bed, all propped up on pillows with a book lying next to him. 
but he was very still, and his eyes just stared straight ahead. My heart refused to believe what my mind was telling me was true. I went and I sat on the bed next to him, Llewellyn, and I touched his arm and it was so cold. In that moment, my Camelot came crashing down and my new love was gone. Llewellyn had died of a heart attack and I decided I was gonna take a month off of work. <clears throat> I was pretty much in shock and grief. <clears throat> On the day that I was supposed to return to that job, I quit um, and I never went back because that job didn't matter. It had never really mattered. I worked in the garden and I harvested all the food that we had planted together. And I was kind of at a loss at what to do. My son said, hey, why don't you come up and stay with my family for a while? They live in Alaska. So I said, okay, that sounds good. And I rented my house and I flew to the Aleutian Islands. And I took care of my brand new granddaughter and I helped my son and daughter-in-law build a greenhouse and garden beds. And I grew food for our family. But for the most part, I would walk these empty, desolate beaches and the tundra-covered hills in the wind by myself. And I was thinking about my life and I was thinking about what had happened. I was so angry with myself and so guilty for choosing job and responsibility over love and relationship. I would call out, look, just give me a second chance. Turn the clock back. I'll do it different. I grieved for taking life and love for granted. That I had all kinds of time to love Llewellyn. I had all kinds of time to farm together. When really, life and love are fragile and so precious, and they can be gone in an instant. I thought a lot about the things that I cherished about Llewellyn, you know, his patience, his kindness, generosity. And I thought about all the things that I admired about him. Someone who could find joy in the simplest of things, simple pleasures. And he was able to find extreme happiness in every moment. He also was following his dream with complete passion and utter abandon. With a trust and a faith that regardless of what was going on out there, he was going to be okay. 
everything was going to be all right. I had never had that. After about a year, I returned to Portland. And that was just a little over a year ago. My plan was to have a small consulting business on the side, but I was going to do my urban garden, and I was going to farm. But, you know, habits, especially bad ones, are really hard to break. And within two weeks, I had a full-time job. And I was doing the responsible thing, and I told myself, you're just going to work for a few years, save some money. You can still garden. Well, I did garden. I do have a good job. But the, this last summer, I grew the most amazing garden. I had, I counted them, 35 crops. I grew hundreds of pounds of food, enough to share with my family and my neighbors and my friends. And I canned, and my freezer is filled to the brim. And I'm happy to say that the flame of farming is burning pretty bright. And I know that I'm going to do something different. Just a few days ago, I signed up to be part of the beginning urban farmer apprenticeship program that starts in April 2016. And I have a few other things in the works too. Because, you know, it was that brief, what beautiful love affair with Llewellyn that has helped me have the courage and the faith follow my own dreams. And I'm going to be a farmer.